Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. Now on SportsCenter at 6, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Chris Morrison takes us inside the budding bidding war for Kirk Cousins. How Kevin Love's broken hand impacts LeBron's future in Cleveland. Plus, Michigan State students take over a board meeting and the table as they vent their frustration. I am feeling the superpowers right now. Here's Michael Smith and Jamel Hill. That's right. We are back from Wakanda. And boy, let me tell you about (laughs) Black Panther. Maybe later or perhaps some other time. Because over the next hour, we're taking you through a journey through D.C., Cleveland, Detroit, Boston, East Lansing, Charlottesville, basically all the hot spots in sports right now. And for your in-flight entertainment, coming up, you'll hear thoughts from Blake Griffin on his new home and Tom Brady on having his old friend back. So fasten your safety belt, place your seats in an upright and locked position as we start in the center of the NFL universe. That will be Minneapolis, Minnesota, Jamel. That's right. Rob Gronkowski took a hit from the Jaguars' Barry Church in the second quarter of the AFC Championship game, which knocked him out for the rest of the game and would eventually see him enter the concussion protocol on Saturday. Gronk returned to practice at Foxborough, jogging and stretching while his teammates and uh, with his teammates and catching practice and drills. However, then on Tuesday, Greg Gronk appeared at the Xbox Live event taking on former teammate LeGarrette Blunt in a game of Madden 18. <laughs> Blunt dominated Gronk with a 33-13 win for the Eagles. And here's Gronk last night with Josina Anderson. Are you out of protocol? Uh, hopefully by tomorrow. I mean, we'll see how it goes and uh, what the doctors say. I mean, I'm not the guy to say, oh, I'm out of the protocol. That's the doctor's calls. And uh, hopefully that uh, it's very, very soon. But do you think you'll play, Gronk? Do you think you'll play on Sunday? Uh, Do you think you'll play on Sunday? Uh, yes. You think you'll play? Yes. Oh, good. <laughs> JoJo asking the hard questions. <laughs> now, we aren't in Minneapolis for Super Bowl week, and if you're watching us, chances are you aren't either. But wouldn't you love to be there? Here's the next best thing. Steve Levy with a couple of decent DBs in their day, Charles Woodson and Ryan Clark, breaking down how the Eagles can perhaps slow down Rob Gronkowski. Steve? Michael and Jamel, thanks very much. This is inside the Crystal Court, the IDS Center. The tallest building in downtown Minneapolis. Can a brother get a Juicy Lucy? (laughs) As you know, the Juicy Lucy is a local favorite, a hamburger prepared by pinching two thin beef patties together around a hunk of cheese. Hey, hey, look at this. The Patriots helping us out today. At pre- Patriots don't often give you anything. Here they gave you the top two stories. That's Tom Brady with a piece of black tape on his right throwing hand. And there is Rob Gronkowski working hard. So there's hardly working with uh, Ryan Clark and Charles Woodson in Minnesota. And then there's harder work in Minnesota, the New England Patriots. So here we are. Here are the top two stories. The Patriots fed it to us. In all seriousness, you break down that picture. <laughs> you look very, I'll see, very carefully I'll at see it. that black piece of tape you on Brady's hand. And that tells you what? I don't believe he was ever hurt in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I believe they had a very good makeup artist draw those stitches on his hand. Absolutely. And, put that black, and they gave us a storyline to talk about for the last two weeks. Absolutely. He was never hurt. And you, right, already, so, you heard Tom say, I don't want to say it was my C game and we yeah, still won. Come on, man. Forget about it. <laughs> Gronk was definitely hurt, though, because we know he missed you know more than half of that AFC championship game. 
How about the fact he's out there in a helmet and pads, the only padded practice with the Patriots this week? I mean, if you're the New England Patriots, you're excited about that. Gronk is the one guy who can beat man-to-man coverage, who can go out and win for Tom Brady. And so this team is totally different when he's healthy and when he's a part yep. of what the New England Patriots can do. Still in concussion protocol, though. We'll get your thoughts yep. on how to, how to get around that in just a bit. He's had an interesting career in the Super Bowls he has played in, Rob Gronkowski, you think about it. Started with Super Bowl 46 when he was bothered with a sprained ankle, was limited to just two catches in the loss to the Giants. In Super Bowl 49, however, against the Seahawks, he was much more effective. Six catches, 68 yards, and a second quarter touchdown of that dramatic victory. Gronk did not play last year. Back surgery ended his season after Week 12. Think about that. The Pats came all the way back against the Falcons without Gronk. That is remarkable. And now, of course, this year, Gronk's status for... Super Bowl 52 remains uncertain coming off the concussion suffered in the AFC Championship game against the Jaguars. So how important is Gronk to the success of the Pats? He led all tight ends this season, over 1,000 receiving yards. One of four tight ends to lead his team in that department. And his versatility tough to top. Yards per reception ranked in the top five among his peers no matter where he lined up on the field. Now, Gronk did not speak today. He led his teammates and head coach to the talking forum. In regard to Rob and what he did or didn't do, his status today. He's practice. limited in practice. Yes, he's limited today. And he's still in the protocol. Uh, yes, well, it has not been cleared. You're right. Okay, thank you. How does Gronk look in practice? Well, I mean, we got to throw Gronks on that Tom Brady type of plan. So you know, whenever he's out there, you know, he looks great. So um, you know, I would say he looked awesome, but I don't. You know, I don't know many times Gronk looks bad. He doesn't. God doesn't have many bad days. I have too much respect for both of you gentlemen for what you've accomplished in the game to ask you, how do you stop Rob Gronkowski? Because, you know, one of the great mismatches in the NFL, greatest all-time quarterback throwing to this great mismatch. What do you do to slow the guy? What is the plan for Philadelphia on Sunday? Man, you know, it's... Man. You know, the <laughs> yeah, the thing about Gronkowski is you gotta you got to be multiple with him. You know, mm-hmm. you can't play him one way the entire game. you got to mix it up a little bit. Sometimes you got to throw some double-team... Uh, uh, on Gronkowski, yeah. hit him at the line of scrimmage and let somebody take care of him down the field. But Tom Brady has such a comfort level with Gronkowski because of his catch radius. You look at him right here, gain separation from the defensive back, and then watch where that ball is thrown. I mean, that's at least two feet in front of uh, Gronkowski. He can reach out there with those long arms. You watch here against Pittsburgh, when Pittsburgh decided not to guard Gronkowski at the, on the last drive of the game. But watch him be able to get down low on the ground. This guy is 6'5", yeah. and he's able to reach down and grab the ball off of the turf. And then here, just throw, just throw me the ball, Brady. Just throw me the ball. I don't care who's on me. You know, DB, it could be a corner, it could right. be a safety. doesn't matter. Throw the ball. If I get one hand up, it's just as good as two hands. And here he is. You know, he grabs the ball, catches the ball uh, at the pylon quarter of the end zone. It's the touchdown. So there's a comfort level, comfort level there Absolutely. with Brady and Gronkowski, and that's why it makes that tandem so special. I think you don't need to look any far- farther than the Miami Dolphins game and then the Pittsburgh Steelers game the week after. Gronkowski was out. You saw Miami employ a man-to-man press coverage type of game plan against the New England Patriots. Tom Brady, multiple interceptions. They lose that game. The next week, the Pittsburgh Steelers attempt to do the exact same thing. And you heard Charles talk about him not being guarded on the last drive. They were a man-to-man, and Gronkowski continuously beat it, and Tom Brady kept feeding him the ball. That's what he brings to this team, the comfort level Charles is talking about, but also the talent to create enough separation to get those balls and to show his catch radius. He definitely plays, right? 
Uh, yeah, there's no question. No question. Definitely yeah, played, right? concussion was uh, eons ago. <laughs> All right. Uh, that Brady and Gronkowski connection tied for the second most. Ten touchdown catches in the playoffs. Only Joe Montana to Jerry Rice of Moore. And if Gronk does score... I think Gronk invented the spike, but only he can do it like he does, put that extra flair in it. I mean, the guy's a freak. When he spikes that ball, it's coming off the turf pretty hot. And Gronkowski into the end zone, shuffling and spiking for the touchdown. You see him spiking and you just imagining that the ball is just going to automatically go flat right there. And he spikes it with a mighty spike. Most impressive Gronk spike would have to be Pittsburgh this year. There was one where he blasted it off the turf and there was, you know, millions of those little black pellets flying up. It's almost like when Shaq used to dunk and the rim would come down. You'd think the game's going to have to get paused because we're going to run out of football since Gronk's just going to spike them off. Sports Center on the road is confidently presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. The Knicks, three games away from the eighth and final Eastern Conference playoff spot. And Chris Stapps Porzingis coming off a career-high 6-3 Tuesday night, looking to drop the Celtics to 2-6 and six in their last eight games. In their first game back in Boston, coming off a four-game road trip. Got all that old East Coast Atlantic Division rivals going at it at 8 tonight on ESPN following countdown. Boston going to try to get it done, though, without Kyrie Irving sitting out tonight with a right quad contusion. Heard it in Monday's win in Denver and was initially classified as probable. Boston, 1-2 and two this season without all-star starter Irving. Uh, no Kyrie tonight means big problems for the Celtics. Their offense nearly 20 points worse per 100 possessions with him off the floor this month. And their minus 8.8 net efficiency with him off the floor this month would be second worst in the NBA ahead of only the Kings. The Cavs will love those problems. Kevin Love suffered a fractured left hand in Tuesday's loss to the Pistons and will miss the next six to eight weeks for the Cavaliers, averaging 17-9 a game, most of any player playing fewer than 30 minutes per. The team has struggled to adjust to IT, getting outscored by 92 points this month when he is on the floor and posting a negative 15.2 net efficiency when he plays. And following Tuesday's loss to the Pistons, Cavs have lost seven straight national TV games by an average of 16 have not held a fourth quarter lead in any of those games. The good news, tonight's game is on local TV. Bad news, they got the Rockets for ABC in primetime on Saturday. Best news of all, Dave McMenamin is here. Uh, you just heard from Ty Lue, Dave. Uh, what was the most interesting thing that he had to say? Well, one, Isaiah Thomas, he said, is our starting. But once Isaiah to go to the bench, I, Ty Lue isn't hearing it. But when we're talking about Kevin Love, the most important thing to consider is that this doesn't the Cavs plan and approach to free agency. This isn't like the Sixers back in 2001 when Theo Ratliff got hurt and they knew they had to trade him away to try to capture that championship window and bring in Dikembe Mutombo. This is a, a different scenario where it's kind of like last year where Kevin Love missed a month, a month and a half around the All-Star break because of a, a minor surgery. Then he was back in the lineup for the playoffs. They consider this to be a same type of situation and they know that even with Kevin being healthy, they still have defensive woes that they need to try to address on the trade market, try to find a, a rim protector, try to find an additional wing uh, defender. Uh, their their wish list, their grocery list remains the same, even with this Kevin Love injury. All right, Dave McMenamin, we appreciate it. The Heat enter tonight's game with the Cavs with a chance to overtake them in the standings. This is how bad it's gotten. 
and dropped the Cavs to fourth in the East. Cavs, five and eight this month, but I said how bad it's gotten. It's how good it is for Miami. Right. Heat, an Eastern Conference best, 10 and four. All right, Kirk Cousins spotted waiting in line at Shake Shack in the Mall of America today. I was going to say, great taste for sure. You know, Shake Shack, they vaulted to my number one on the burger chain. I had a five guys? No, I had an in and out. It sounded like you said five guys. I, I said in and out. Don't fight me on this. It's Shake Don't Shack, just... in and out. Somebody five eats guys. the things you do. Your credibility is gone when it comes to food. Meanwhile, Washington, they took everybody by surprise by trading for quarterback Alex Smith. The team sent a third-round pick and quarterback Kendall Fuller in exchange for Smith. Smith is expected to sign a four-year extension with Washington, averaging about $23.5 million per year, including $71 million guaranteed. At Washington franchise tag, Kirk Cousins again, $34.5 million next season. Here's Doug Peterson, Smith's ex-offensive coordinator, and Aaron Rodgers on the trade. I mean, he's going to do fine. Um, you know, he, he's a pro's pro. He's going to come in and and he's going to he's going to demand you know perfection with the guys that he's working with. And and um, I'm excited to to again have him in our division and, and be able to coach against him again. I'm happy for Alex. Alex and I were drafted in the same year. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of talk. I remember about us being uh, not ready to play, or you know, would have got picked behind the guys in the '06 draft. And here we are. Both of us going into our 14th season. Uh, tough situation. They obviously drafted a kid. Um, but for him to get an opportunity at a place that wants him, paid him the right way. Yeah, we're going to keep holding on, see if we can get to 40, I think. All right. We now bring in Charles Woodson for his perspective. Charles, from Washington's side of things, did they win this trade? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. I, I think when I look at it, I look at two guys who were traded for one another who are really the same quarterback you know I, I think their mannerisms are the same I think they talk the same they walk the same of course I'm exaggerating a little bit but I think you get the same type of quarterback I think what Washington is getting is the safe bet for their money when you look at Alex Smith he's a guy who's he's not going to have a ton of turnovers uh, but with that comes a guy who's not going to take a whole lot of risks so um, when I look at Kirk Cousins he's a guy I think who's had some weapons around him but just hasn't been able to get over that hump so to speak so I just think they're they're swapping the same player for the same player and I don't I don't see it as a big win for the Washington Redskins. I throw so much shade at Alex Smith. Sitting here disagree. No, it wasn't it wasn't shade. I said I said they, they traded the same person for the same person. I, All right. Okay, now this trade also means that Patrick Mahomes is now the man in KC. Uh Charles, I mean a lot of expectations for this kid. Everybody loves his arm. Uh, loves his moxie, if you will. Uh, can the Chiefs be a real factor next season with a relative rookie under center? See, and that's the thing that I think everyone loves about Patrick Mahomes. When I talk about going out on the field and taking risks, I'm not just talking about throwing the ball away. I'm talking about taking calculated risks. I'm talking about giving your guys chances to catch the ball down the field. When I was speaking about Alex Smith, when he throws the ball down the field, everyone says, you know, he was pushed by Mahomes, so now he takes more chances down the field. No, he did not. He threw the ball down the field when guys were wide open. That's not taking risks. That's you know, making a play that you're supposed to make. With Mahomes, we know this is a young guy with a huge upside, a guy with a phenomenal arm, who I think they feel like can come into this offense, give this or to this team, give this offense a spark. Give your Kelsey's and Tyreek Hills and those guys um, opportunities down the field where they have to go up and contest the ball. So I think that's what they're looking at with him, and he has he has weapons around him. You know, um, Tyreek Hill, who I just mentioned, and of course 
one of the top tight ends in the game in Kelsey. Um, of course, a, a, a young running back who, who stepped on the scene last year. And, and of course, you know. Uh... All right. Don't worry about that. All I know it happens. Is, all I know <laughs> is y'all be excited enough about Alex Smith for my liking. Okay. Now they have a quarterback. Now you have a fan. quarterback that they got one of the contract. All right. Two cats throw for 4,000 and fewer than five picks. Him and Aaron Rodgers. Boy, good. All right. So what's next for Kirk Cousins? What you think about the Browns? I... It's an easy no. No, no you can't go to the Browns. They got, they got time to wait on the rest of their roster to catch up with you. I know they need a quarterback, but let them draft one. What about the Jets? Love better, Bowls better, at better, better. Improving. Okay. You could curse you do not go to the All Jets. Right. Is there a door number three? There is a door number three. <laughs> door number three I like a lot better, which would be Ooh, Arizona. Now, they don't good. have the quarterback whisper Bruce Arians, but they got some offensive talent. David Johnson come back. They still got some receivers. We'll see if Fitz wants to come back, a defense. But, I mean, come on. You got to go to the Broncos, bro. As long as John Elway doesn't play hardball, you've got to sign with Denver with that defense and those receivers. Von Miller, feel me? I talked to him. He, he knows he knows exactly how I feel about uh, Kirk Cousins and what he would mean to our team and what he would mean to a lot of teams. So we need Kirk. I would like to have Kurt. Um, you know, we have we have you know great quarterbacks now. Um, Kurt could uh, take us over the edge. Hey, Mort. For the longest, the Niners were on that list of potential landing spots for Kirk Cousins, given a connection to Kyle Shanahan. But obviously, San Francisco all set. So, is there a team you see as having an edge in the Kirk Cousins sweepstakes? Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo kind of put that bed uh, to bed to rest there with uh, with uh, Kirk Cousins and the 49ers, but obviously the Broncos are a team. They're a team that's a contender. John Elway's uh, success in the draft, drafting Brock Osweiler, drafting Paxton Lynch, hasn't panned out. He had his greatest success when he signed Peyton Manning and convinced Peyton Manning to come there, and now he would have to do the same selling job with Kirk Cousins. The Broncos have about twenty-six million dollars under the cap to spend. Uh, they can use that different ways to make it stretch out, but that's a contending team and certainly it's a target for Kirk Cousins and John Elway. However, do not rule out the New York Jets. Okay. New York Jets just promoted Jeremy Bates from quarterback coach to offensive coordinator. He was Mike Shanahan's offensive coordinator mm. when Jeremy, when Jay Cutler had those good early years there. Uh, Kirk Cousins has met Jeremy Bates, so the system is a fit. Mike Shanahan certainly has recommended would recommend Jeremy Bates give yeah. him high endorsement there, and they have seventy million dollars under the cap. Right. And if Kirk Cousins is simply going for money, the Browns have more than a hundred million dollars in cash. Well, so, that's the, uh, a lot of moving parts there. It's a lot, I want to know what Kirk Cousins does. He want to be the highest paid quarterback in football, right? Or does he want to go to a contender and make really good money? Well, that's the thing. That, that's what I was saying to Jamel and Charles Wilson a second ago. It's like you roll your eyes and say, "Well, the, the Redskins traded for the same guy." One guy didn't have a contract. One guy is looking at breaking the bank. Another guy you have under contract, and he's more than serviceable than Alex Smith. So, with that in mind, you mentioned the money available, no shortage of suitors. What kind of bidding war? Should we expect to see? I mean, are we looking at the, the next highest-paid quarterback in NFL history by a landslide, given that he's a free agent? Well, he will be until the next one comes along. That's <laughs> yeah, right. no question about it. Now, by the way, in the Broncos, the one thing that Kirk Cousins did, he made a great impression on the Broncos late December when he threw three touchdown passes against them, two in the fourth quarter. So they certainly have an impression upon him. But if it's a bidding war, then I think the Jets are ready to go all in on this one. And uh, and so we'll see what Kirk Cousins uh, really wants. Like I said, does he want to make $32 million a year? Is that his number no matter what? It doesn't matter whether the team's a contender or not. 
or is he going to factor both things uh, when he makes his decision? But March 14th is yep. the start of the new league year, even though we're here a lot. I think they're in the scouting combine later in February and early in March. Hey, Mort, you and your insight, priceless. Thank you. Talk to you, Mike. All right, the third sentencing hearing for disgraced Michigan State and USA Gymnastics Dr. Larry Nasser began this morning. Prosecutors say 265 women or girls have now reported to law enforcement that they were abused by Nasser. Meanwhile, on Michigan State's campus, upset students interrupted the school's Board of Trustees meeting where they approved former Michigan Governor John Engler as interim president. The student that jumped on the table and sat there is MSU senior Connor Birdie, who had some sharp criticisms for the board. Michelle Steele is there on Michigan State's campus. Uh, you're inside the Breslin Center where Michigan State will play Penn State, uh, and they will play. that will be their third game since the OTL investigation chronicled a pattern of sexual assault and misconduct. I should also mention uh, Michigan State players wearing teal ribbons to support the sexual abuse survivors. But, Michelle, take us through everything that happened on campus today. Jamel, I got to tell you, it was a highly charged day one for the interim leadership here at Michigan State. In fact, we saw for several hours this afternoon about 20 students staging a sit-in in the meeting room where the Board of Trustees meet. They are demanding a public town hall with interim president John Engler. That request has been denied. The students say they're going to keep up the protest. In fact, there's a march that's planned for Friday called a March for Transparency. And Jamel, until then, the focus is going to continue to be shared with revenue-producing sports as well, football and basketball in the aftermath of Outside the Lions reporting. In fact, I spoke with one of the leaders at the student fan section here behind me, the Izone, and he told me that fans simply don't know what to think. It's hard to completely do a 180 on someone you've, you know, cheered on for so long. Like for me, I mean, I've been a Spartan fan my whole life. Um, so with the scrutiny, it's really disappointing, and I really would just like him to come out and answer questions and stop avoiding the, the hard questions. I want him to come out and and show us that he's what we think he is, which is a good guy. And it's been hard because coming to these games you know we love the players and we love the the coaches and we love green and white but little by little those things are crumbling down around us now a silver lot a, a silver lining if you want to call it that to this situation is that the Izone, the student fans here have set up a gofundme for victims of abuse for local charities, and they have raised, Jamel, $7,000 so far. That GoFundMe is still open, and the amounts continue uh, to pour in. Back over to you guys. Hey, Nick Foles and some pretty good company. Joe Montana, he only got completely 75% of their passing consecutive posts in the games with 20 or more attempts each. He'd much rather be Jeff Hostetler and Doug Williams. <laughs> only guys to start three or fewer regular season games and win the Super Bowl. The one supporter type hosted a big show, Keith Olbermann on Foles Place and Super Bowl history with the win on Sunday. Unlikeliest quarterback, unlikeliest. Only 31 quarterbacks have ever won a Super Bowl. You win a Super Bowl, you're not the worst anything. So would Nick Foles be the unlikeliest quarterback to win a Super Bowl because he would have beaten Brady? Eli Manning beat Brady twice. Manning under pressure. Throws it deep downfield. Tyree makes the catch. Went to 10 fewer Pro Bowls than his own brother, but make him 10th on this list. Then Terry Bradshaw. 
He won four Super Bowls, twice beating Staubach. But by passer rating, he is only the 143rd greatest quarterback of all time, 35 slots behind Tim Couch. Eighth is Jim Plunkett. In 1978, he didn't play a single game. Two years later, he beat Jaws. Three after that, he beat Theismann. Jeff Hostetler in Super Bowl 25. Yeah, this was Scott Norwood's Super Bowl. Or Whitney Houston's. But Hostetler outpassed Jim Kelly. Number six, Mark Griffin. The next year, he also beat Jim Kelly by 13 points. But by one measure, Mark Griffin is the 1,160th best NFL player since 1960. Jim McMahon, fifth most unlikely. Colorful, good leader. But the 85 Bears won on defense. Two playoff shutouts and Refrigerator Perry rushing for a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Leaps the line to the end zone for the touchdown! Fourth? I kind of cheated here. Irv Kopp. Quarterback of the 1944 Packers long before there was a Super Bowl. In only his 11th pro start, he won the NFL championship game against the Giants. Oh, and Irv Kopp could only see out of one eye. Third, Trent Dilfer. Signed on March 2nd, became the starter on October 29th, completed just a dozen passes to win the Super Bowl on January 28th, let loose on March 6th. Second, Brad Johnson, he threw for only 215 yards in winning the Gruden Bowl. Johnson would never quarterback another playoff game. And finally, the unlikeliest quarterback to win a Super Bowl, Doug Williams. Winless in two starts in the regular season and down 10 to nothing to Elway at the start of the second quarter. And all he did was throw four touchdowns, hand off for a fifth on just five possessions on just 18 plays in just the second quarter. Touchdown, Washington Redskins! Doug Williams would win exactly five more games as an NFL quarterback after his Super Bowl. Close fires, and it is caught! Touchdown! So, Nick Foles, traded by Philly, benched by the Rams, released by the Chiefs, back to the Eagles. All you have to do to get to the top of this list is beat Tom Brady. Good luck. We're all counting on you. 45 seconds left. Ty Jerome's got it in the midcourt circle. Fakes the pass left instead. Fires up the three and he rattles it through from straight on. It's been 23 years in the making, but you can put another check in the box for Tony Bennett and company. The second-ranked Cavaliers have taken down number four Duke. All right, tonight at 7 Eastern on ESPN2, it's second-ranked Virginia playing host to Louisville. Carl Ravage. Hey, did you realize this? Virginia, 9-0 in ACC play. Well, Best start in the ACC you for since 12-0 in 80-81, long before you were born. You know, way before you youngsters came around. Exactly. All right. Speaking of some uh, oldie but goodies, <laughs> Carl Ravage, Dick Vitale on the call. And they don't lose They don't lose very often, Jamel and Michael. Thank you very much. And really, the ACC can be decided tonight if Virginia gets a win here. Well, you know, Carl, it could be a two-game swing. 
Obviously, when you look at it right now, they're in great shape. When you look at Virginia, unbeaten in conference play. You got Louisville with two losses. They need this win badly to keep the conference in doubt. Right. That huge win against Duke was their first in forever. Virginia a little undermanned tonight. Nigel Johnson's been given a three-game suspension, so he will not play for them. And DeAndre Hunter hurt his ankle. So we'll see if he's able to play close to 100%. Two factors for tonight's game. They have been great under Tony Bennett because of their defense, but they've now gone five straight seasons with 20 or more wins, and they really do it on one end of the floor. I'll tell you, their defense is suffocating. Whenever you got a defensive team that does what they do, give up 52 points a game, number one in the nation. They're also, when you think about them, they're third in the nation field goal percentage defensively. They just do everything a coach dreams of. They don't turn the ball over. They have a great formula for success. Don't turn the ball over, don't foul, and don't give up points. And that usually leads to W win. Five and one against Louisville in the last six times they've met. Louisville has never scored more than 50 in those games. Three of them have been blowouts. It is not fun to play Virginia. In fact, we came up with a list of things that are a little less painful. I mean, less painful than facing them. A root canal, awful, but less painful. A trip to the Department of Motor Vehicles, with all due respect, awful. Flight delays and double connections, which you know nothing about. Not something that Dick has to do with. How about a burst pipe? Had one of those in the garage. In Florida, you never have to worry about frozen pipes. And you take that takeout order, you drive five miles home, and it's someone else's food. Hey, in Florida, we got to worry about snake bites and crocodiles and alligators. i tell you one thing. Playing this club, Virginia, can be so frustrating because they get you to take bad shots. For Louisville to have a shot here today, they got to rebound on the offensive glass, get some scores, a couple of transition baskets, and they got to be dominant inside. No doubt about it, and we look forward to see it. It is Louisville and Virginia, the ACC, coming up at 7 Eastern time on ESPN2. I hate the wrong computer password. I hate it. And for all those reasons those guys just laid out, that's why I think this is the year Tony Bennett's squad finally breaks through, gets it done in March. Won 12 straight games, undefeated at home in Virginia. Currently the number one seed in the South, according to our Joe Lenardi. BPI gives the Cavs an 81% chance to lock down that spot in the tournament. Also, actually, tonight we got Purdue virtual lock to get the one seed, according to our BPI. Lenardi has them as a one in the Midwest. So at least some Cavaliers are doing well these days, right? I want to play for an organization that wants me to play there. Um, and clearly this was an organization that wanted me to play here, and, and this is where I want to be. I mean, this is a place that, that wants me, and that's the, that's the type of organization I want to play for. I, I wouldn't want to be stuck in, um, stuck in a place that, that wasn't working. All right, the newest Pistons going back to his roots. He wore 23 at Oklahoma. Now he will wear 23 for Detroit. Can't wait to see him in action. The Pistons, of course, they introduced Blake Griffin today. Uh, and I'm sure you heard that not-so-shuttle shade by saying that he's happy to be with the organization that actually wants him. That's what they all say when they get traded. It, isn't it, though? Uh, of course, I can understand it with him being just a full season into a five-year contract. Nevertheless, here is more of Blake Griffin, the newest member of Detroit basketball with Nick Friedel. The Clippers obviously told you you were going to be a Clipper for life. They raised that jersey Mm -hmm. into uh, the roof at Staples. Now, a few months later, you're here. Do you feel like 
they let you down at all, given that you just signed that deal over the summer? Um, you know what? Basketball is, is a business. Um, the NBA is a business, and they, they've made a decision. The only thing um, I just wish I, I had known or had the opportunity to talk to somebody beforehand, um, you know, finding out through Twitter or through, through other people is, is, a, is a tough way to find out when you've been with a franchise mm-hmm. for so long. Um, but, you know, bas- at the end of the day, basketball is a business, and um, I want to play where, where a team wants me, and um, that's why I'm excited about being here. All right, now Griffin joins a Pistons team that is 9-20 since the start of December, the second-worst record in the NBA in that time. However, here's the good news for the Pistons. They have the fourth-easiest remaining schedule in the NBA when looking at their opponent win percentage. Not so good news here. Sixers, who are chasing for the HC, have the easiest. But they ain't going to make it. Sorry, I'm not trusting the process. Uh, Jalen Rose joins the show. Uh, Jalen, what kind of immediate impact will Blake, Graf- Blake Griffin excuse me, have in the D? A big-time impact, and coincidentally, on a nationally televised program, I'm happy that they stumbled into two Detroit natives to actually talk about this topic. I love so it let when a plan comes the, together. <laughs> yes. So let me set the national media her, straight. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. We appreciate that. Let now let us. me cook for a second. Go ahead. I'm always hearing about, oh, he got traded, and it's 85 in L.A., and it's only 22 degrees in Detroit, and, oh, he has so much fun in Los Angeles and being in Hollywood and has his entertainment. <laughs> company and what is he going to do in Detroit let me tell you guys something winning is the cure to all and the Detroit Pistons unlike the Los Angeles Clippers are actually a terrific franchise that has won championships and Blake Griffin pairing him with Andre Drummond is going to be dominant in the Eastern Conference look at a couple of the top teams the Boston Celtics Morrison Horford 4-5 Ibaka and Valanciunas 4-5 in Toronto. Yeah, you have some really good bigs at Embiid and Whiteside, but they don't necessarily have a running mate. Washington, they have Gortat. Pairing these two guys that are going to get you 15 to 20 points, over 10 boards, and both of these guys are getting around five assists, is going to now stabilize what you're trying to do in Detroit. And they're both under long-term contracts playing in downtown Detroit. If I wasn't at work tonight, I'd be at the game. They um, film a lot of movies in Detroit, too, don't they? <laughs> they do film some there movies there. So they don't know about Detroit Vegas. But he'll learn. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> James Harden, he recorded the first 60-point triple-double in NBA history last night. Capping Calvin Murphy's franchise record of 57 points. Harden collected 11 assists and 10 boards to go along with the 60 points. in the Rockets' 114-107 win against the Magic. Jalen, does this reaffirm his MVP status? Yes, ma'am, it does. And it's almost like having a Heisman moment in college where you say, man, he's the front runner now to win the award. James Harden had that last night. Steph Curry and Kevin Durant, they're going to take away from one another, though the Golden State Warriors are going to be first or second as it relates record-wise. And LeBron James, his team is truly struggling. So James Harden, along with Russell Westbrook, in my opinion, are the two leading candidates putting up big-time numbers and historic performances. All right. Thanks, Jalen. And you got to tell Blake to make sure that he visits the Jalen Rose Leadership Academy as well. Why? Absolutely. We bring that full no circle. question about it. All right. Uh, our next NBA Wednesday doubleheader. That's right. Got the Celtics hosting Chris Dapps the Knicks at 8 Eastern. No you Kyrie. can see Jalen right there. Then the Mavs take on Devin Booker and the Suns. Our coverage tips off with the man right there with the crispiest headline next to or hairline next to Michael Smith. No, I need a haircut right now. <laughs>
Doug Peterson bringing out the big guns for Super Bowl 52, bringing in the old gunslinger himself, his friend and former teammate Brett Favre to address the Eagles the day before the game at the team hotel. Peterson was the third QB for Green Bay's win over the Patriots. Now they got him out here, Brett Favre, trying to see if he still got it. Look at that. There he is. There's old number 18 <laughs> waiting for Brett who just, yeah, there you go. All right. Hey, Sal Pal, what more can you tell us about Brett Favre's visit? Well, Brett Favre is going to address the team in the morning on Saturday, not Saturday night, Michael. That is reserved for Doug Peterson and his players only. Doug Peterson doesn't like to change the routine at all, and he won't do it for the Super Bowl. Listen to this. I know Brett's going to be here, and he's got some obligations he's, he's going to do this week, and, and he and I still stay in touch. I mean, we're great friends. We're teammates for eight years in Green Bay, and, and um, I figured that, uh, you know, since he um, – I was going to be in town and uh, just asked him. It's really not Saturday night. It's Saturday morning um, at a team meeting. So he's just going to stop by the hotel and just visit with the guys for a few minutes Saturday morning. Here is the injury report for the Philadelphia Eagles. uh, Michael, we just got it. They just got off the practice field. Timmy Jernigan, defensive tackle, suffering an illness, did not practice today. Didn't practice one day last week, so under the weather last week and under the weather this week. Full participation in practice, Jay Ajayi with the ankle. Fletcher Cox shows up on the injury report with a calf injury. He's full participation. Danelle Ellerby, he practiced with the hamstring. That is the latest, my brother. Sal Palantonio, never limited, always a full participant. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. I heard yesterday that you're a fan of Kendrick Lamar, and I was just wondering what a few of your favorite songs are of his. His last album was pretty great, so I heard he's got a new one coming out. So, uh, yeah, you know, I'm in a locker room with a lot of guys, so I hear a lot of different music, and that's obviously one that I really like. So I'm a fan of music, and um, he's pretty great. Well, (laughs) it just so happens... That the person having or people having a good day are Kendrick Lamar fans, such as us and Tom Brady, because he released his track list today for the Black Panther soundtrack. All the flame emojis. All the flame emojis, much like the movie. The which, soundtrack, the fitting of the film, uh-huh. right up there. We're not selling this because it's Disney no. and Marvel. It's no. right up there with all the great Marvel movies, like top three yes. to five. Uh, on a that scale good. of one to, 20, one to ten. To it's twelve. A, no, I would say a twenty-five. Boom. It's also a good day for Doug Peterson. Happy 50th birthday. What better way to spend your 50th birthday than Super Bowl 52 preparing for the opportunity of a lifetime? So happy birthday to him. And also, happy five and a half birthday to Maya. Half birthdays is something for children. My daughter's five and a half today. That's it for the six. NBA countdown next right here on ESPN over on ESPN2, Virginia, Louisville. We'll see y'all tomorrow.